Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special mini-series on Romance at a Glance. This is YA at a Glance. Co-hosting this with me is our producer, Jane. Hi, Jane. Hi, Bridget. I am so excited to talk about The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. As you can see, I have my Cruel Prince jewelry. I have a snake wrapping around my left ring finger and a sword wrapping around my right ring finger. And I also have little earrings with raven heads with crowns on them on my widow ears. And I'm just, I'm feeling in the mood. I'm feeling in the vibe. I'm so ready for this. I was so happy to get back into reading this series. I was too. So you guys, so that you know, when Jane became our intern, um, I asked everyone who was going to be interviewing to tell me what their favorite book was. It could be a romance novel if they like romance. It could just be any book. So we had a wide variety. We had a couple of people who said, I don't read. And I was like, come (laughs) on, you're interviewing for a book podcast. Like, at least tell me some book you've read before in your whole life. And Jane said that her favorite was this series. And I was like, Shawnee, this is going to be the one I can feel it <laughs> I can feel it she chose the best book out of everyone and I was very excited when James was like maybe we should just like talk about it on the podcast and I was like uh maybe we should <laughs> maybe we should Shawnee is living her best life in Costa Rica and while Shawnee is away we are gonna play in the YA <laughs> land and I'm excited I haven't read YA in years until quarantine came around and I was like desolate so I picked it up, and I've been changed. I've been changed. Honestly, it led to this internship, yeah. so thank you to Holly Black. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, I love YA, but I, I, I would say almost exclusively only read fantasy, science fiction, dystopian. Um, I don't read YA that's actually set in, like, A contemporary, day. yeah. Contemporary, because that to me is, like, reading more about like teenagers and Mm -hmm. their problems Mm -hmm. which I think are very worthwhile and when I was a teenager I read those books all the time but at the moment I'm more into like kings Mm -hmm. and court intrigue and magic and science fiction and all that stuff in general so um I think you know why I feel like people make fun of in the same ways (laughs) that they do romance where they're like it can't be good and I feel like Mm -hmm. that is first of all just bullshit there's good books in every genre um but also I mean, Holly Black just really exemplifies like how the story doesn't need to be about like older people right. or about really sad topics or whatever to be great. Like the way she weaves the emotions and the stories and like obviously we'll get into Jude's character, but like with a sentence, how quickly she can turn the meaning of what the character thinks is happening with what could be happening or what they hope is happening. Um, and this series of books is... is uh, Spoiler, quite good. That's why we chose it, obviously. <laughs> um, so I was really excited to reread because I, re- I think I've reread it. This is probably my third time reading the book, I think. Um, but I haven't read it in years. Mm-hmm. And I was very excited to dip back into it. Me too. I have to tell you, I was like writing down quotes and I was writing too much because I was like, every page was like, oh, that's so good. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> oh my God, that's such a good <laughs> line. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> I know. I know. I have about 25 uh, highlighted phrases. Lots of on, yeah. Phrases. And I was like, oh, that's a good one. And I was like, you know what? I gotta skip that one. Mm-hmm. I already have a couple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I already have a couple. Yeah. Uh, her writing in general is excellent. I mean, if you guys haven't read any Holly Black books, she has written a ton of books, not only in YA, but in like middle school. She's written some like children's books. She's written some non like YA books. Like she's just written a ton. And her way like her way with words is just so solid and I feel like she does something which a lot of writers struggle with which is she writes with like very simple sophistication so she's not trying to like bog it down with like overly complicated sentence structure or overly complicated vocabulary everything is like clear and to the point but it's like she uses such great words and she uses like such great emotions behind what's happening that it's a really enthralling read. Yeah, it's not like prose, but it like definitely gets poetic mm-hmm. at some points, I would say. All right, well, are you ready to get this ship hopping, Jane? Oh my God, I'm so ready. Let's go. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What'd you say now? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Romance. All right, you guys. As we said, we're reading The Coral Prince. This is book one of the Folk on the Air series by Holly Black. This is definitely YA fantasy. Jane, do you want to give the synopsis today? You want to give a little synopsis about what it's about? 
The Cruel Prince is about a girl named Jude Duarte, a.k.a. the love of my life, who is stolen away uh, from the mortal world as a child to the fairy world, where she grows up trying to find her place, though it's very difficult because she's immortal in fairy lands, which is very, very dangerous. And as she grows up, she gets more involved in the politics of the world as a coronation comes closer and closer. And when the coronation comes, everything flips upside Mm -hmm. down and she has to make some tough choices. Mm -hmm. Yes, and to further complicate it, the person who brings her back to fairyland is the general of the king's armies and the person who murdered her mother (laughs) and father and the former husband of her mother. I mean, I would say like the first things first, like this book starts out with such a bang Mm -hmm. in terms of world building. I mean, you know so quickly who Jude is and how she fits in. I mean, one of the first things I highlighted was um, there are two ways for mortals to become permanent mem- subjects of the court, marrying into it or honing some great skill. So she already knows, like, she either has to find someone to marry, which she's really not that interested in, or she has to figure out how to be great at something, which could be music, it could be dancing, it could be fighting, it could be, you know, intrigue, it could be whatever, but she has to capture the attention of one of the rulers and royals so that they will like accept her as their champion or accept her as their sort of court jester. And she's like, I don't have any good skills in art and poetry. Uh, all I know how to do is, is fight. <laughs> is because her dad, um, or her adoptive dad, I guess, has been training her and her twin sister to be warriors like him since they were little. So all she does is fight and he teaches her strategy and he teaches her all this stuff. Um, and I love, I just love that, like, at every turn, Jude's decision is towards fierceness. Mm-hmm. And she's, she says at one point to someone, like, well, I'm always, I'm constantly afraid. I'm not afraid of you right now, because I'm just always afraid all the time. I'm a human in fairyland. You should be afraid. And she's like, so I don't think about the fear, because it's just always there. I have to think about the anger and the drive to be better than you, because if I don't try to be better than you, then I'll never even like be your equal. And she just unwaver. I mean, she makes some bad decisions at times, and she definitely slips up but at every turn she's like willing to go further than them into like fierceness and badassery so that so that she can be feel safe and feel powerful and feel like she's gonna be okay she's a great character some of my favorite moments in the book are when she does something that clearly the characters around her are like whoa, what the, whoa. <laughs> and she doesn't even see it that way. She's like, he's looking at me weird, but like the, oh, it's such a good scene yeah. when basically she becomes a spy for Prince Dane, who is most likely to become the next king, high king of Elfheim. And he rewards her a geos, which is like a blessing. It's a gift, magical gift. And she asks for the ability to not be uh, glamored by any fae. So no one can tell her what to do ever. She can't uh, be, yeah, she can't be glamored. And one of her enemies, Valerian, tries to kill her by telling her to jump out of a tower. And of course, she doesn't have to do it. So she ends up stabbing him and running away. And a little while later, Prince Dane shows up to her house and is mad because she stabbed one of like this guy who is like a son of like a royal person. And then she also revealed that she cannot be glamored, right? So he's really pissed. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he tells her to stab a dagger through her hand um, to like prove her loyalty once more to him. And (laughs) she does. Right. She like immediately she's like, sure, (laughs) stabs her hand. And the way it's described is Prince Dane looks at her like he's surprised that she would do that. Like he didn't think she would do that. What the fuck? I thought she was going to be like, no, please. (laughs) (laughs) It's really like a shock. Like he like stares at her like he doesn't know what she is. And but she in her mind is Mm -hmm. like, oh, I wonder why he's looking like that. And then he like gets control of himself. But for that second. And like, isn't this what he wanted me to do? He just told me to do it. Like, obviously, I had to. Yeah. 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 And right before. Before that, like her blood or Valerian's blood is still on the blade, and Cardan says something, and she's like, "His blood's still on the blade. And you want to be next, yeah. Brad?" He's like, "Whoa, fuck you, fucking feral creature!" Crazy. She's so I love her so much. I think so. Like at the very beginning, she's she's ten years into living in Elfame, and she basically 
has been trying to not be noticed. She's been trying to live sort of like under the radar. She's been trying to do what she's supposed to. She's been trying to not get like attention drawn to her. But for some reason, Cardan, who's another prince, and his three closest and like most vicious friends are always like picking on her and her sister. And they're always like, throwing dirt in their food and pushing them into bogs and just like in general sort of like hazing to torturing them all the time and so finally like early very early in the book she's just like you know what my strategy's not working gotta pivot and then she just goes like and her sister's like please don't do this and she's like you know what you should stay home from school today because it's about to get buck wild (laughs) oh my god so good yeah and I like that like I like that she's even when she knows it's maybe not the right decision, she always double downs mm-hmm, on herself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even when she's like, oh, maybe I should have trusted that person or like, I wish I could trust someone. She's like, but I don't. And so I'm going to handle it. And I really, I really do like that about her. I want to talk about what you think about her sister. So she has a twin who's also human. And then they also have an older sister who is half fairy who is the actual blood daughter of of the general who raises them, Matic. Um, what do you think about Viv and and uh, Taryn? Yeah, yeah, Taryn. Taryn. Um, so there's a huge fandom online for this book series, and Taryn is almost universally like loathed. People hate her so much because spoiler alert she betrays jude many not once (laughs) maybe not even twice but possibly more than she betrays her quite often but i actually love taryn as a character not love in the way that i love jude but i think taryn is such an interesting character and one of the things i wanted to bring up is that in the first scene of the book when you first meet jude and you see maddock arrive kill her parents take uh, her and her sisters away to fairyland the way that they're introduced mm-hmm. is like really indicative of what their characters are going to be like what we ex- come to expect from them so the way that jude is introduced is she's up she's very aware of her surroundings she's the one to answer the door um when, it, when it's knocked right. she's thinking about already thinking ahead of, like what she's going to do that day she's very active taryn is introduced half asleep um, laying in Vivian's lap while Vivian watches, I think, Tom and Jerry. Um, and mm. the way that they both react to, to Maddox. And Vivian's laughing. Yeah, and at Vivian's all the times laughing. That the yeah, mouse yeah. is about to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then Vivian's laughing when the mouse almost dies, yeah. Um, and when Maddox kills their mother, Jude runs over to him and starts like beating on his chest and fighting him, even though she's mm-hmm. seven years old and he is a, clearly like a giant uh, warrior person. And Taryn mm-hmm. runs over to the dead mother and is trying, is just shaking her and crying. So like the contrast mm-hmm. between them is already really clear from when they're little kids. And like it's fair, she's seven, she's allowed to respond that way. Mm-hmm. But especially mm-hmm. like introduced half asleep, being kind of coddled and taken care of, right. protected. And in the future, that's what she looks for. She wants to be protected. She wants to be safe. That's her first And goal. Jude says, like, she's constantly protecting and her yeah, and, like, yeah. taking the brunt of any stuff for her as well. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. it's also really interesting that the way um, the way that Jude learns from Maddox and Taryn learns from Oriana how to behave in fairy world. So Jude learns strategy mm-hmm. and Jude learns how to fight and Jude learns how to be strong. And Taryn learns how to blend in and be um, acceptable in society and fit right. in. They both want a place in fairyland, like desperately, desperately want a place yeah. in fairyland. Right. But Taryn does it by becoming, trying to become like everyone else, and Jude does it by sticking out and making people sorry they ever crossed her and grinding their bones <laughs> into dust. Uh, I think it's interesting that they both respond to their trauma in those two different ways, like the fight versus fawn kind mm-hmm. of response. Um, mm-hmm. I know people hate her. I totally get it, but I, she's so, so cool to me. So I can see why, I mean, we're not going to talk about books two and three today. We'll talk about those in the next episodes. But I can see why after reading the whole series, people like really hate her. I feel like after this book, I don't hate her. I'm more like sad because Jude is just really sad because mm. she says at one point, I wish that I don't wish he chose me. I wish she, she chose yeah, me. Yeah. And I think that that is something that like everyone can relate to. Is So she, basically what happens is, Taryn has a secret boyfriend that she doesn't tell Jude about. And it turns out that it's Locke, who is one of Cardan's, like, 
quad, you know, in the little quad of, of bad people that he rolls with. And then he starts to pay attention to Jude and like treat her nicely. And they share some kisses and it turns out that he's only doing it because he's testing Taryn's love for him and seeing essentially if Taryn can like hang is kind of what he's doing. Like, can you handle (laughs) it if I'm like a complete asshole and like cheat on you and like treat you like shit, but like also like you're the one I marry. And Taryn is like obviously willing to do it. So she doesn't tell, um, doesn't tell Jude that Locke is the one that she wants to marry and is the one that she's been sleeping with. And, and lets Jude be and, drawn in. And lets Jude be like taken in and it lets Jude, you know, find out from him and let's like in public, like does basically doesn't, doesn't put her first and doesn't choose her. But like, as you said, like I can see why she would do it. Because uh, not because Jude even says, like, I remember what it was like when he made me feel special and it felt like I was the center of his world and that, like, dizzying feeling. Like, she's like, I understand why she's with him, but I just wish that, like, it hadn't co- been at the, like, cost of me. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, later, like, more shit goes down. But in this book itself, I didn't hate her sister so much as I wish they each, like, appreciated a little bit more what the other person needed and who the other person was. Cause like the way that they react again to, as you said, to the traumas of everything and the fear of fairyland is so different. And I wish, um, like even at the end, Taryn picks up the the crown and she's almost not going to give it to Jude. And Jude is like, give it to me. She's kind of like, pull it from her. Give me this crown. And she finally, like, lets go and June, like, stumbles because she's pulling it so hard. And, like, I, I, that's what I wish is, like, you know, you would – I don't have a twin, but you would hope that if you had a twin that that person would, like, have Be your back your and, and know who you were and choose you. But I don't hate her as much as I think the fandom oh, does. Oh, hates her, hates I her. also feel like – I know. I also feel like V gets off like easy just because everyone's like, yeah, but she's half fairy. But like she also like didn't protect them. So like she knew they were humans in fairyland and like she stopped going to school even knowing that they were getting like picked on mm-hmm. and teased and they were in danger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She chose like, oh, I'm not going to go to school because my dad doesn't wants me to, uh, but I'm going to leave my human sisters to the mercy of these cruel kids who are not kids. They're fairies and can do dangerous things to them. And I mean, I do think in like she does help Jude when Jude asks her to help, but she doesn't she's she doesn't like protect Jude ever. She's willing to like help and willing to go along with Jude's schemes and willing to like lend her some fairy magic. But she doesn't, especially in their childhood, like before the story begins, she isn't there trying to help Mm -hmm. them. Like even when they go to the parties, she goes off with the princess who's her friend and leaves them alone to fend for themselves at fairy parties where if they start dancing, they may never be able to stop. Or if they drink or eat anything without salt, it'll befuddle their minds and something horrible could happen. Um, And it's not like she's like, okay guys, like come hang with me and the princess so that you're safe. Like she's, you know, a fairy in the sense that she's like, doesn't think of them. Mortal dangers. Yeah. I think, um, What I really so I, Viv has a good character growth in the book, and um, she's an interesting character because so similarly with it, she's introduced. Um, and one of the things I wanted to talk about that's one of my favorite parts of this book is Jude as an extremely unreliable narrator, like supremely oh, yeah. unreliable. You cannot trust a oh, one, yeah. one thought in her head. Um, and also, yeah. she's so competent and does so many badass things, but she makes so, so many mistakes in character judgments. In this, Every single person in this book surprises her. Um, and including oh, for sure. Viv, which I really like because the way that we are introduced to Viv is through Jude's memories of her and the way that Viv responds to Maddox murdering the parents, which is nothing but I promise to hate you for the rest of my life. Like, she doesn't, mm-hmm. she's not taking care of Jude or Taryn. She's not crying. She's not fighting him. She's like, yeah, I will, I vow to loathe you for the rest of your life. Like, it's very, and it's kind of yeah. almost like a selfish thing. And that's how mm-hmm. Jude describes her, is she's selfish. She's kind of this mischievous fae that doesn't understand what Jude and Taryn have really been through because one of the lines, I forget it word for word, but she says, 
that Vivian sees their parents' death as her own personal struggle, as if Jude and mm-hmm. Taryn were too young to remember. Although, of course, they remember like they were not that young. They're only two years younger than Viv. Right. But Viv sees it as just her struggle. Uh, and Viv never goes to school. Viv, Viv doesn't go to the parties. There's another good line um, when they go to the coronation where Viv is with them and they're going through the party. And Jude and Taryn are expected to dance, and they're like, yeah, if you start dancing, you can't stop dancing. Uh, Viv can stop dancing because she's Faye, so she can pull us out, but she doesn't always do the responsible thing. Which leads you to think that there's been a time when Viv has just let Jude and Taryn get kind of ensorcelled away by everything going on. And then there's also that bit, um, the bits that Jude gives you about how when they were taken to Fairyland, at first they hated it, they cried, they were really close because they were sharing that struggle. But then Taryn and Jude started trying to fit in because they're kids and they're adapting. And Viv cannot forgive them for adapting. And she, whenever they're having a good time, Viv would pinch them and hurt them until they cried to make them upset again because she doesn't want them to be happy. But then... There is a point in the book, after you are being told all this stuff and you're expecting a certain something from Viv, Viv actually does kind of take a proactive step in helping Jude, not in like a very helpful way, but she's making an effort. And I think that part of that is because of Heather, the human girl that she's getting with in the Mm -hmm. mortal world. Because after Jude and Taryn uh, are thrown in the river, like the morning after, Viv takes them to the mortal world, to the mall. Uh, and helps them cheer up. And she actually, that does actually help. And then later on, there's a part um, before Jude goes to her first mission in Hollow Hall where she stops her and is like, you can talk to me, you can trust me. And as the reader, it's like, whoa, like, can we? Because everything I've been told Mm -hmm. and everything I've heard about Viv is that you can't really expect help from her. And throughout the book, there are also parts where she's like, I am your elder sister. Like, I'm supposed to protect you. I'm supposed to be in charge and help you. And then there's a line even when she says, "Um, I know that you're here because of me. I know that everything you're going through is because of me. And she sees the whole thing as if it's her fault because Maddox follows his wife into the mortal world because she has his daughter. That's his heir. That's right. why he goes there. And I really like that this isn't pushing your face as like Viv's monologue, but it's just hints that you get along the way. Um, and even the stuff with Heather, like I think the reason Vivian starts taking an active role in Jude and Taryn's life is because she's been with Heather, who is obviously more empathetic um, and caring because she's more used to the mortal world and not the fae world where things are kind of messed up. Yeah, and I and that's interesting. I also think um, it's because Jude has stopped taking it Mm -hmm. and so things are escalating and she's like finally like "Uh uh-oh like shit's getting out of control like i can help you like and like she even like cheers her on she's like you put you know salt all over their food good for you you're gonna have to do something worse (laughs) next time and she's like kind of egging her on like oh now you're in fairyland you're gonna have to get become even you know even more cruel and crazy Mm -hmm. like the rest of us um I do agree with you. I think Jude in general, like, has formed these opinions about how everyone fits together in her life so early. And she's been living in, like, such great, like, fear and, like, containment of, like, trying to keep everything that she is bottled inside, all the anger inside, all the fear inside, all the the worry and all the hope and all the desire for power inside that she's really, like, kept everyone a little bit apart from yeah. her. Um like, even her twin, like, they are twins and they share stuff, but they, both of them are, even at the beginning of the book, lying to each yeah. other about a lot of stuff. Yeah. And as all of those things are sort of bubbling to the surface, she starts to challenge the status quo of other people and what they expect of her. Like, she stops showing up for dinner and Viv's like, where are you? What is going on? Mm-hmm. Like, because before that, she's been, you know, quiet and, like, taken everything that's been dealt to her. And now she's, like, going out there and spying and doing all this stuff. And, like, when she goes and gets... I do think it's telling, though, that that Jude knows she can trust her for some things. Because when she goes into Prince Belcorn... What a... Belkin. Bell something. Belkin, Belkin. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know how to say his name. Like, Bale someone? Yeah. She goes into his castle to spy for Prince Dane. And there's a human girl there who's been glamoured who's, Sophie. like, work, literally, like, working herself to death. Mm-hmm. And she, like, rubs some salt in her mouth and tries to free her and, and take her back to the mortal land. And, like, the first thought is, like, Viv will help me get her back. Yeah. And she takes her home and Viv does try to get her back. And the girl ends up jumping off the horse and killing herself. But um, Which is so But sad. she does trust her. And she trusts her with 
the plan to at the end to put Cardan yeah. on the throne and have Oak help because she Viv knows because Viv says to Oak just like we practiced. Right. So she was the one who was coaching Oak on like what words he had to say and how to put the crown on his head. And she's the one that she trusted to take him to the mortal realm and to raise him away from all of like the fear and violence so that he could have a few more years of childhood. Mm -hmm. Because it turns out that her little stepbrother um, is not actually Maddox's son. Or Ariana's. Or the stepmom's son. Um, He is a love child of Prince Dane that Prince Dane tried to have killed in the womb. And Oriana had to cut the baby out of her best friend after her best friend died. And she saved the baby and raised it as her own. So, um, yeah. And I all, you know what else I like? So Oriana is the stepmom and she describes her as like not really having much like empathy for them, constantly telling them like, okay, you're stupid children. Mm -hmm. You can't drink the wine. You can't do this stuff. And Jude takes it as like, oh, she's like always thinks we're stupid. She always thinks that we're not going to pay attention to her lessons. But really, like Oriana is trying to protect them. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to like desperately like keep these human children from having terrible things happen. And she's trying desperately to keep anyone from knowing that Oak isn't her child. And she's like really doing her best to help these kids with with, but also she's a fairy just like the rest of them and so she's not warm and motherly Mm -hmm. and like all this other stuff but she's she does do her best and i thought i thought the scene where prince dane comes right after jude stabs herself in the hand and oriana comes in with a tray of tea and is like oh hi like you shouldn't be in here with jude because that would be weird like (laughs) basically like what the fuck is going on in here and he's like, oh, you're right. I have to go. And she says to her, like, don't aspire above your station. Like, and she's like, what? No, I'm not sleeping with him. And she's like, she's like, it is hard to be the paramour of a king. Yeah. Like, it is a very scary place. And it is a dangerous place. And it is not somewhere that you want to be. I don't think you should do this. And and like Jude finally realizes like, oh, like she's trying to help me. Yeah. In the only way she knows how. And then it turns out she finds out the story that she was once one of the courtesans of the king mm-hmm. or the consorts of the king. Um, and Jude finally realizes, like, oh, she had a whole life before yeah. she came here and <laughs> became my stepmom. Um, and I I thought that was such a good scene because, again, like, Jude really... Doesn't have no idea. She just has no idea... Because she's so confused about everything in her own mind, yeah. about how she feels. She doesn't, like, read people well at oh, all. not at all. Like, I actually love that weakness she in her, think, that she cannot yeah. read people. Yeah. I think it's, like, so she, so there's a lot of, like, drama going on in the Cardan circle because he used to date. Nicasia. Nicasia, who then left him Locke. for Locke because Locke was sweet talking, and like Valerian's just like a crazy like, rage <laughs> monster like who's always like injuring people, and he's like the one who kind of like capriciously like keeps them all together, and Nicasia hates her, Jude because she knows that like Cardan watches mm-hmm. her and she can see it, and so she's jealous. But Jude like does not pick up on any nuances in this group. All she knows, all she sees is that they're mean to her and ganging her sister. Up on her, yeah. They treat her like shit. They gang up on her. She's afraid because mm-hmm. they could really hurt mm-hmm. her or kill her, and no one would really say anything. And that Car- she thinks Cardan hates her. And the scene. Okay, so fast forward a little bit. So. Balkan makes his his play for the throne and Maddox helps him and ends up slaughtering the entire royal family except for Cardan and Balkan. But Cardan is like passed out somewhere and misses the whole thing. A few of the sisters, one gets killed by the spies so that she can't crown mm-hmm. him. One kills herself because mm-hmm. she refuses to crown him. Like, like he kills one of them because she refuses. I mean, like, it's mayhem. Yeah. So anyways, Cardan, she's like hiding under a table. Cardan wakes up and she's like, what are you doing? You can't be here. So they escape together. She takes him to the underground hideout of the spies and then ties him up and is like, I will <laughs> Got kill you. you. Like, bitch, oh, you where's, your, <laughs> where's your homeboy Valerian? Because I already killed him and buried him in my backyard. <laughs> so I think I won't kill you. And Cardan's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and the scene where she, so she sits there and she's like, 
I could sell you back to my father and get whatever I want, power, wealth, anything I want. Like they need you and I could sell you and I could kill you and I already killed someone else and I'll do it. I don't care. So like the only way you're going to stay alive is if you tell me and be honest and don't try to get around me with some fairy words, like tell me straight up. So she's like, why do you hate me? And he's like talking about how did you highlight the scene? Probably. I definitely I have like the line down here. I have, you know, I didn't have the whole scene. So you read the whole scene, but I have the line, the um, the excellent line that Cardin says. Anyways, continue. Okay, so I didn't, I didn't write down the whole scene either. But so he's going through and he's like, I hate you because your father loves you. I hate you because you're mortal, but you belong here more than me and that you have a place here. Like, I hate you because no one's beating you at home and you're not afraid. And I hate you, you know, because you have sister who loves you, etc. And she's like, what are you yeah. talking about? I live with the murderer of my parents. Are you insane? Um, and then she's like, that can't be it. There has to be more. Okay. And then he says, ah, I love this part that much. Okay. He says, most of all, I hate you because I think of you often. It's disgusting and I can't stop. Ah! When I tell you, I literally remember where I was. I was in bed reading this like last quarantine, had not seen anyone in my family in like days because I was just in my bed reading these, reading these books. Mm-hmm. And he said that, oh my God, oh my God. Can I just say that Cardin has some of the greatest love interest lines ever, ever, ever? They're yeah. so great. Mm-hmm. Like his dialogue is written mm-hmm. so well. Oh my God, I love that he says this. It's disgusting. It's disgusting and I can't stop. He can't stop thinking about it. I love it. Because earlier in the book, she was in the water. Or no, earlier in the book, they forced her to eat some poisoned... Um, the fruit. Or fairy, fairy fruit. It's not yeah, poison, yeah, yeah. but fairy fruit. And she like, they told her to take off her dress mm-hmm. and she's dancing around and giggling. And and he like puts a stop to it. Um, half puts a stop to it. Mm-hmm. And she says like, I see in his eyes like the like desire and or I think I see in his eyes desire and like revolt right, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that but that can't be right and then the cool mask of indifference mm-hmm. like comes down and and they talk the other characters talk about how he's always watching her and always and so it all like takes out like this is why I love her writing so much in this book so much is when you go back and look at all the nuggets that oh, are yeah. throughout and then Jude finally understands the right context you're like ah it's so obvious yeah, yeah. and like when you go back and reread it you see like early so uh, like I'm at 7% Taryn says stop staring at him Taryn demands didn't you see and I start to explain, she cuts me off, hauls me up the stairs. Don't give them a reason to bother you more than you have. The intensity of her response surprises me into snatching my hand. Angry red half moon's mark where she grabbed me. I look back to where Locke was, but the crowd swallowed him up. And so, like, you can already see, like, oh, she's jealous. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not about protecting yeah, Jude. Yeah. She's jealous that Jude's talking to Locke already. So, like, there's so much, like, that's already there. And... I just think it's so, so, so good. Yeah her, like, yeah, her perception of people and their intentions, I think, even though completely wrong, is so easy. Oh, here we go. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so looking at Cardin, though, something strikes me wrong. His eyes are glitting with fury and desire and maybe even shame. A moment later, he blinks, and it's just his usual chilly arrogance. And you're like, hey, uh, yeah. he doesn't want to want <laughs> so you. Good. He feels shame about it. It's so good. And I love that her response is the same. Like, yeah. she's always watched him. She's yeah. always thought he's, like, impossibly beautiful, but also, like, known that, like, she shouldn't go over there because she's going to get burned. And after she says that, he's like tied up to the chair and I love that her response is just to like walk up to him and start kissing him <laughs> and well okay there like, are, yeah. she wants to see she wants to like feel the truth of it yeah. and then she pulls back and looks in his eyes and she's like I can see the shame and the desire and I'm, I'm like oh he really does want yeah. me and then they like have this like furious makeout, yeah. and I was like so good so good well there are best. great little nuggets leading up to it um because she even like lies to herself but every once in a while when she's facing off with the group of them or Cardin is like berating her or whatever she'll just add a tiny little detail like his long lashes flutter against his Mm -hmm. cheek it's like why are you Mm -hmm. looking at his long lashes Jude Mm -hmm. keep those eyes to yourself his features could cut you and you're like oh girl they go cut you yeah yeah but her like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I think it's the first read through, especially it's so easy to get wrapped up in the way that she sees things because it's well written. Um, it's easy to believe because of what we know about her experiences and what she's told us. And it makes sense that her life has shaped her into someone with those perceptions in the first place. Um, cause like in the first book, Pretty much every character at some point, she's like, I thought they were this way, but it turned out to be that way. Like, literally every single one. Uh, and part of that mm-hmm. is because she's been so afraid. And when Taryn does start to distance herself because of the deal that she's made with Locke, you really feel how alone she is. Um, but I love that that isn't just like a boohoo, I'm alone thing, but it spurs her into the action of the rest of the book. Like, okay, I'm alone. Mm-hmm. I could die. I've just got myself to help me. So I guess I'll poison myself a little. Uh, and in case anybody tries mm-hmm. to poison me, or I'm going to have to bury this body mm-hmm. by myself because no one's going to help me. Oh, I'm tired. That's okay. <laughs> That's fine. I don't need sleep <laughs> anyway anymore. I have no time to sleep like no wonder some stuff slips through the cracks of like the decisions that she makes because she's running on fumes and literal poison and i think you're so worried about her throughout the book that when these truths start to surface you're also like oh whoa like i had no idea but you're right when you go back and read it the foreshadowing is so heavy and intense like with taryn and Locke, with carden especially when i okay when i first started this series last year i have never felt the rage i hated i hated carden so much like an intense passion i desperately wanted to see jude kill him i thought we were going to get to a point where jude was going to murder carden in cold blood and i was like ready for it. i hate i hated in him so much in book one or in book two what in book one or in book two Which, whichever i mean i was reading the first book and okay. hating carden okay. hating him Oh my god, I can't tell you how much I hated him. Because there are really good scenes, and because I was so wrapped up in Jude, and because she was so like relatable to me, and I just loved her. Right. But here are the several right. scenes that ignited me and made me feel Jude's rage. Because I feel like, first time around, you really feel Jude's rage. And that's why you don't mind when she makes the stupid decisions, because you want her to do drastic things like you want her to do crazy things like when she first murders someone she's like oh no did i just kill someone i was like yes bitch you did (laughs) yes (laughs) she's like i thought maybe i'd feel bad but i really don't how am i getting his body out of the room (laughs) (laughs) um okay yeah so the river scene um infuriating to read like them kidnapping them taking them through the forest dropping them in the freezing cold water there are nixies about to murder them carden is taunting uh her and taryn carden has taryn come out and like kiss his cheeks i was like oh he's gonna he's gonna pay for that (laughs) i'm gonna kill him um and then like throwing all their stuff like robbing them of their agency like that's a big thing is the no control that you Mm -hmm. feel through jude is Mm -hmm. really frustrating uh, for her to go through um but that scene Mm -hmm. is good to read back because Cardin is trying to punish Taryn, but he can't stay away from engaging with Jude either. Not just because mm-hmm. she won't, like, get out of the way, because she's going to be in his way no matter what he does and will not step out of it, but also because he just cannot stop engaging with, with Jude. Yeah. And there's another really good line mm-hmm. later after she stabs Valerian. Not when she kills him, when she stabs him and comes out, and she's like, yeah, you see this blood? It could be yours. I'm going to stab you too. And he's like, he says, he says something... Like, he teases her or, like, pokes at her, and she's confused uh-huh. because the way he says it is so, like, casual and, like, like he's having fun. And I think the line is, like, mm-hmm. he says it like he's expecting to engage, like, the two of us to engage in a witty repartee. I think that's such a hilarious <laughs> line because Jude is like, I mm-hmm. will rip his bones out of his body. And Karn's like, hee, 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 Jude. Like, <laughs> we're fighting. <laughs> Man, you're fighting. We're, like, yeah. enemies. Are we, like, enemies? Yeah. Like, he doesn't even yeah. understand how much she hates hates him and how much he she thinks he hates her yeah well and she doesn't a lot of it is for show for his friends because they know that he's obsessed with her and so a lot of the cruelty towards her is because he can't stay away Mm -hmm. he feels ashamed that he's like drawn to her and then also that they are like giving him shit about it and like what are you doing Mm -hmm. and so then he's like extra cruel Mm -hmm. um i just like that after she like stabs him in the ribs valerian Mm -hmm. After that, she starts to really, like, I had a bunch of quotes in a row, like, within a couple chapters that were, like, her evolution from being afraid into, like, going more into Mm -hmm. action. And she says, like, what could I become if I stopped worrying about death, about pain, about anything? If I stopped trying to belong, instead of being afraid, I could become something to fear. And I was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. And then later she says... If I can't be better than them, I will become so much worse. Oh, yeah. No, I have that. And I think it's like, 
her realizing, and then this was like just a second later, she says, before I never knew how far I would go. Now I believe I have the answer because this is after she now killed Mm -hmm. him. So like that was right after she stabbed him the first time and now he's Mm -hmm. dead. Mm -hmm. Second time stabbing. And she says, before I never knew how far I would go. Now I believe I have the answer. I will go as far as there is to go. I will go way too far. And I thought that was also true because she she really does, like, once she makes the decision to, like, act and stop being afraid, she goes way too far. I mean, like, oh, yeah. she starts to go too far and to, as Taryn is like, what are you doing? You're like, you've lost all desire to, like, keep yourself safe. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to watch mm-hmm. out. And Jude's like, nah, this, not yeah. anymore. Two great like, quotes. They need to watch out. Two great quotes I have for that, too, is when Viv is like when she's like, stop, and she's like, talk to me, what's going on? And she says, and she's like, what are you talking about? And Viv is like, you can give your pleasant smiles to Maddox, but now all I see when you smile is bare teeth. What a great, oh, that's so good, because that is. Yeah. And, okay, leading to my, one of my favorite scenes of the whole book is after the tournament, when she beats mm-hmm. up Cardin and uh, his friends, and Cardin grabs her hair, yeah. which also infuriated me. Hair grabbing makes me so angry. <laughs> Um, okay so they have a turn a little tournament in the middle of the book um and it's like a school tournament so it's all the people there and they want to become like the champions of different nights and her dad tells her he she can't wear his colors so she's not eligible she can compete but she's not actually eligible to become someone's knight or something like that and what you don't know is that uh, her dad's already scheming to have her become like a princess and so he doesn't want to like squander her as a knight and fight against her if like as he's staging this coup. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it just seems like he doesn't believe in her and that's what Jude thinks. Um, and so in the first game, she sort of revol- resolved herself to like, okay, I'm going to like do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do well, but not too well, not show them up. And then they make some snide comment her at her sister. after round yeah. one and she's like, okay, 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 you want to go? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then she just like ruthlessly crushes them in the next two rounds mm-hmm, for her team mm-hmm. to win. And then Cardan snatches her hair. Okay, okay yeah. So then Cardan grabs her hair and then makes her kneel to him um reading that engulfed me in flames i was so mad um <laughs> and of course uh then the vindication because jude is like all right i'm just gonna kneel taryn wants me not to make a big mess i'm making a mess for her i'm making a mess mm-hmm. for everybody but at that point there's already been the deal between them that they won't bother taryn as long as taryn doesn't help jude so i think that helps jude make these decisions right. and jude's about to kneel and then she doesn't kneel um, and she stands up to Cardin and she says, like, such a good, okay, she goes, I'm going to keep on defying you. I'm going to shame you with my defiance. You remind me that I'm a mere mortal and that you are a prince of fairy. Well, let me remind you that means you have much more to lose and I have nothing. You may win in the end. You may ensorcel me and hurt me and humiliate me, but I will make sure you lose everything I can take from you on the way down. I promise you this. I throw his own words back at him. This is the least of what I can do. And this is the least of what I can do is like italicize mm-hmm. as if she's like hissing yeah. at him and say, ah, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. And the way, and she's like, yeah. Cardin's looking at me in a strange way is totally rage she's totally super mad but like you know that Cardin's like yeah. okay <laughs> you know Cardin was like let's fuck <laughs> yeah. in the dirt I wanna make out of you right now <laughs> such a good scene and yeah. like that's her that's yeah. what that's the, the the turning point where she's like actually I'm gonna like make their lives completely miserable it's so good yeah. even though that's the other yeah. thing that this book how it's written you're trusting her perception of things most of the time she's wrong um She's making really rash decisions. She's isolating herself from people. But at the same time, like, she is making moves. Like, she's not just making decisions Mm -hmm. that are hurting her. She's hurting herself. She's hurting others. But she's also making moves. Like, she's becoming a spy for Prince Dane. She's plotting. Mm -hmm. She's poisoning herself so she can never be poisoned. She has, like, that cool blessing thing. Yeah, and she's, like, learning. She's, like, uh, one thing I like about her is, like, she's working so hard. Working so hard. She's, like, working with Roach to learn how to steal things. She's working with the bomb to learn how to make bombs. She's working with ghosts to learn how to like creep and crawl and get into places and to be silent. And she uses all and like she uses all those skills like throughout. And then she even tells Maddox like after she wins, he's like, oh, maybe I didn't take you seriously enough. Like I'm going to step up your training. Mm -hmm. So he's doing even more strategy with her, even higher weapons stuff with her and all of that stuff. And the poisoning, like you said, like she's taking uh, little micro doses of all these different poisons so that no one can ever poison her. 
And like all of these things come together to like create the badassness that like she becomes later and 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 also like give her all of the knowledge to put it all together for her end right, scheme yeah. which gets Cardin on the throne and one thing I liked is that like it sh- she shows how hard it is like how tired yeah. she is every day but she keeps getting up because a lot of times in these books I feel like someone like decides like or either decides or gets thrust into a position of like power or needing to do something. And all of a sudden they like can yeah. do all these things. Yeah. And you're like, how? When? Like, yeah. when did they learn this shit? And I like that like she's been training her whole life. Like she didn't just like magically beat someone in a right. sword fight who's better than her. She's been training every single day with the best general in the whole army yeah. as her mate. You know what I mean? Like he's been pushing her and knocking her down and making her bleed so she'll get better. Like she doesn't just like magically learn how to creep right. like a she master learns, spy yeah. teaches yeah. her how and she practices and, like you see her practice and she practices yeah. in real life scenarios yeah. too so you're not like bored doing like a whole montage thing you're like yeah. seeing like she's like practices like sneaking yeah. into her own house and she fails like, oh i'll just sneak in yeah yeah sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. yeah um and you're never um, i feel like what i love about her and the writing of this is that so many wire protagonists even when they're great you get so frustrated with frustrated with them because of the misunderstandings, the things they don't understand, the choices they're mm-hmm. making, this, like how selfish they mm-hmm. are. And Judah's all those things. Right. Like Judah's being all those things. But you're also like, go, bitch! I believe in you. I believe in you. <laughs> I <laughs> believe in you. I was never like, yeah. I'm, never, I'm never like pissed at Jude. I'm never like, ah, oh, Jude, like you're so dumb. I'm so annoying. Yeah. I'm always like 100 no. percent there with her, even when she makes a mistake. I'm like, I yeah. will be here for you yeah. in this mistake. I understand how you could come to this conclusion, girl. I will be here. For you i love for her. sure and i and i like that she she like thinks it through so like even at the end so she's kidnapped cardan the the other three spies are like are you gonna betray us like you could lie and she's like give me one day and one night and they're like we'll give you a day and a night and then we're killing him and cutting our losses or we're selling him and cutting our losses and she goes home and, and Viv is like, come with me to the mortal realm. Like shit's about to get crazy here in fairy. And she's like, give me a day. Like, and she like thinks it through. Mm-hmm. She like figures it out. She like talks to her stepmom. She talks to Viv. She like makes a plan. She goes and talks to Bomb. They like talk through it. She talks to the Roach. He like rewrites the plan to make it even better. Mm-hmm. Like and she talks to Cardan and she like lies to him to get him to do what she needs him to do because uh, she doesn't trust him, which is which smart because he's yeah. been a terrible person for the whole book. So like she shouldn't yeah, trust him. It. It's smart. It. Um, which I feel bad for him because, well, we'll get to mm-hmm. that. But I like that it didn't happen all once. She didn't kidnap him and be like, oh, magically in one minute, like, ooh, I have this plan laid out. It's like it took her a full day right. to like figure out like how the fuck she's going to turn this to her advantage and protect her brother at the same yeah. time. Um, and then I thought, like, the the weaving in of, like, she poisons both goblets and Ugh. gets her dad to drink so to her. And he's like, how did you know which one to poison? And she's like, I didn't. I poisoned them both. And I was like, and he's so proud of yeah. her. Like, he's like, oh, man, like, I did so I'm good so racing smart. you. You fucked up all yeah. my plans. But, like, that's my girl. Yeah. And and then Cardan, when she's like, I command you to be still for one minute. And he realizes that she's betrayed him. And his look of, like, devastation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I felt so bad because here's a kid who is a prince but was sent to his sadistic brother and like beaten every day of his mm-hmm. life his mother like clearly didn't give a shit about him father clearly didn't give a shit about him because they gave him to this brother the older brother who's supposed to be the good one mm-hmm. quote unquote is the one who was like get the fuck out of mm-hmm. here like go to this other brother he didn't care like none of the sisters his, stepped yeah. in like everyone like cheered him on like the more awful he got the yeah, more attention yeah. he got his girlfriend the better let, cheated he got. on him left him yeah his, his other friends don't him. like him are mean to him yeah and are terrible and like he's in love with this or maybe not in love yet but obsessed like he's with in lust yeah. and obsessed with this mortal girl and he's sick you know sick to his stomach about the thought that he might be obsessed with her and then he finally goes somewhere where he's almost accepted mm-hmm. like she comes back and instead of him being tied up he's like playing yeah. cards with the other spies and he's like oh do you want to teach me how to pick pockets yeah. and like he's like weirdly found a little home with them where he can 
lift the mask that he gives everyone else because it doesn't really matter at this point. They're going to murder him anyways, he thinks. So he's like, well, I'll just be me. And he's finally admitted to her that he, like, desires her Mm -hmm. and they, like, had that kiss. Mm -hmm. And he feels like they're on the same team. And to have all that, like, stripped yeah, from him yeah, yeah. so it's quickly, like, I, my, heart went out, my heart went out to him. And her realizing, like, oh, maybe I didn't have to command him. Maybe I could have Yeah, she's, him. like, bummed out, too. She's, like, but she has to do um, it. But she had to. It was so smart. Yeah. She couldn't have trusted yeah. him that it was too soon. But also, I felt, I felt a little bit bad. And then I had a scene later where she says... Uh, the actual spies, they pick the names for the other people. Mm-hmm. And she hadn't had a code name yet. And so Bomb tells her, we came up with your code name, she mouths. I hadn't even seen her come in past the locked doors. What? I feel as tired as I've ever felt. And yet for seven years, I will not be able to truly rest. I expect her to say the liar. She gives me a tricksy grin full of secrets. What else? The queen. It turns out I still don't know how to laugh. And I was yes. like, I love that her friends see in her. Yeah. The, like, Potential. they don't call her the liar. They call her the queen because they know she's po- mm-hmm. like got the power and that she's like willing to do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. But then you have the scene right after it. And I was like, oh, rip out my heart. Cardan rises from the throne. Come have a seat. His voice is replete with danger, lush with menace. The flowering branches have sprouted thorns so thickly that petals are barely visible. This is what you wanted, isn't it? He asks. What you sacrificed everything for? Go on. It's all yours. And he like has her sit in the, or tells her she can sit in the throne. Right after he told her like, I may be king, but you're going to have to rule because I'm not doing fuck all. I'm going to sit in the (laughs) throne and I'm going to drink my wine. And for one year and one day that you can command me, I'll do it. And after that, you better watch out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but you guys had a blissful time. You guys like we're becoming friends. friends. (laughs) I was like. Yeah. And now it's going to be so sad that you're ending me. I know. But also great we, for us course, because the second book is But also good. so good for us. Yeah. I remember when this book came out, I read it like right when it came out. And it was like one of those ones where I was like, God damn, yeah. I can wait another year <laughs> for this shit. It's like, fuck this book. And then yeah. after I read the second one, I was like, another mm-hmm. year. Oh, God. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. The cliffhanger. Anyways, anyways. Brutal. I also think that. Like when they're becoming friends, I love the reveal of Cardin's personality and how likable he is and how pissed she is that she's like starting to like him. And like I love the mm-hmm. one scene where um he's helping her helping her do something, they're walking together and he loops their arms together and she's like, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. He's fun. He's a yeah. fun guy. And this is also where yeah. the dialogue is so good because Cardin has so many great lines like from beginning to finish but especially when he starts being more himself yeah like when they go to the other courts to try to get them to help and she's like i command you to stay here and nothing he's like oh make it real fun you (laughs) You better hurry up and not die i don't want to spend a whole day sitting around yeah 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 (laughs) but like real quick going back to when she has the fight with maddox when she um Mm -hmm. sword fights him and poisons him and this is another like picking up all the pieces of dialogue Jude and Cardin are so similar. They're so similar throughout the first book. Like, they say the same things. They have similar motivations. They, like, lash out the same way. And there's a really funny line. I just like this. I wrote it down. Uh, Maddox, like, you could have had anything you wanted, but now you'll be left with nothing. And he's being all dramatic about it. And Jude uh, is like, oh, yes, let me tell you my whole plan. You've goaded me right into it. And she's like, that's epic. <laughs> I, I love her. But I have, like, a bazillion <laughs> Cardin lines written down because he's so funny and so charming. Oh, tell us some of them. He is so charming. He's so charming. I like the line um, towards the end. This is the coronation dance when... Oh, ugh, wait, I can't say that because it hasn't been revealed until book two about the dress. But anyways, he goes to dance with her. She's dancing with Locke, and Locke is, is taunting her and is starting to be a little creepy. Mm-hmm. Well, Locke's been creepy the whole time, mm-hmm. but he's starting to be a little creepier yeah. when he's like could you love me? And she's like, yeah, I guess I can love you, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, oh, but could you, could yeah. you leave me? Would you weep over me? He's like, what me? if I hurt yeah. you? And she's like, I'd hurt oh, you back. And he's like, huh? that's a great, I love <laughs> that line. Like, yeah, when she's, when, yeah, when he's like, what would you do if I hurt you? Would you cry over me? And she's like, if you hurt me, I would hurt you back. And he has that weird look. Another part of like a yeah. person being like, what'd you decide? <laughs> like to me, what'd you say? Yeah. But when Cardin uh-huh. shows up and he goes, time to change partners. Oh, did I steal your line? Looking at Locke. So did I steal your line? <laughs> Yes, King, you are, I got, I love you. Um, mm-hmm. And also another fantastic line that he has um, is in the end, again, during the uh, the last final dance coronation thing. And she sits down mm-hmm. with him right before the plan goes through. And he is drinking and having like a, you know, a fun time. And he's like, have I told you how hideous you look tonight? And she's like, no, tell me. And he's like, 
I cannot. And he frowns. He's like, I, I can't tell you. I love that. I that know. is so good. Another great, great line. Also, pain, pain, pain. Cardin is so besotted. And I, that's another thing. Is that with romances, for me, I need to love, love, love the main character because part of the romance is being so thrilled that someone else sees in the main character what you see in them. Because mm-hmm. Jude's gone through mm-hmm. so much. She's all alone. No one understands her. No one sees how, how, how cool she is. But Cardin very rarely truly underestimates her. Actually, he overestimates her <laughs> in the future books because he just thinks that she's so smart and beautiful and great and perfect. I know. I just love I can't it. wait to talk about that book because he makes some... Makes me want to yes. bitch slap a mofo, <laughs> big dumbass. We're not going to spoil. We'll talk about no, it no, in the no, next no. review. He does some real dumb stuff. He does. I, I, oh, we didn't, like, oh, I totally forgot what I was going to say. What was I going to say? I don't remember. What if we missed? I don't think we've missed anything, honestly. I feel like this book just like it was so good. Just yeah, I'm just so happy. Scene after scene, good choice, Jane. Scene after scene, good choice. I mean, scene. I'd already read it, so I was already on yeah, board. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. I'm on board. It's a great book. I, I, I'm excited to read the second and third books again because I know that there were a couple things that I was mad at when I read <laughs> through them the first time. And so it'll be interesting to reread them and see, A, whether I remember, because I don't remember like distinctly what I was mad at. I just remember like the feeling of rage mm-hmm. and being like, God damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I wonder if I'll feel the same thing again or if I like, since I already know how it all ends, I won't feel it. And then also I'm just like intrigued to reread it and like, because after rereading this, I'm like, oh, I kind of remember like where it goes next. And I remember some of the pivotal scenes, but not all the little intricacies to get there. And in general, I feel like in the next book, the thing I'm most excited to read is obviously they've ended this book back as enemies Mm -hmm. and especially on his side. And I'm excited to see how that gap starts to close again. Like I remember a couple of the, the, the moments that, close the gap for them but i'm excited to see like the little things sprinkled throughout where they're he's mad but he's still like into her yeah yeah you know desires her and into her and she's like knows he's mad so she's put herself behind a wall but she still thinks that he's like wonderful Mm -hmm. beautiful Mm -hmm. and like you know i i remember something about like him him being the king and sitting on the throne and her seeing him and seeing like how easy it was for him to be king yeah. or how how he looked being king and how it was like wonderful and also made her really nervous yeah. <laughs> cuz she only commands him for like a year. Or right, whatever. right, right. So I'm excited about those things. And I'm also excited for like her Matic cuz I feel like Matic and her relationship Oh, so is interesting. A, I love it. So interesting and nuanced and like how they really do love each other even though she also hates yeah. him for killing her parents. Yeah. And how he, like, she's the daughter that he never had. And how, like, she's his favorite. Oh, clearly, clearly favorite. Like, clearly, yeah. clearly his favorite. <laughs> like, with, when he gives, uh, his, the he finds their father was, Jude and Taryn's father was a blacksmith in fairy, fairy world, though he was a human. Mm-hmm. And he finds a bunch of stuff that he made. And he gives it to Jude and Taryn. Mm-hmm. And he gives Jude this, like, beautiful sword called Nightfell. It's incredible. Yeah. And later yeah. on, this is also a good scene, later on after Jude and Taryn fight and they're waiting for Maddox, uh, to like scold them basically Jude's like what did he give you uh, he gave me dad's sword what did he give you and she's like oh he gave me like <laughs> some dinner knives cutting knives or something yeah <laughs> and that's also sad that's a good piece of Taryn too is that she's no one's real favorite uh, because Jude is like yeah. such a bombshell but anyways oh we totally didn't even talk about the fact that when when jude finds out that taryn did her dirty and like didn't tell her she's like i challenge yeah. you to a duel yes, and starts yes, fighting yes, her in, the, in the middle of their living mm-hmm, room mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and oriana's like guys stop <laughs> vivian's like guys stop and the, they're like and then vivian commands them to stop with glamour and jude almost and jude like is, slices her jude in almost half. kills yeah. taryn because taryn drops her sword right yeah. away because she's glamoured and jude thankfully is able to like Stop throw herself. it into the wall right, and right, not right. kill her sister. That's a great scene. Which is another really good That's scene. That's such a good scene. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jude. And also like shows like the depth of Jude's like... Betrayal. The utter feeling like, of betrayal. Betrayal 
betrayal and also but like also her like unhingedness yes, and bad decision yes, making yes. you know what i mean because like she really should that was a silly thing yeah. to do she doesn't want to kill her twin yeah. she loves her yeah. twin even if she's mad and hurt uh but you could see where like the rage just like clouds yes, over yes. and she's like I I tell you. You duel. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even like Locke. it's yeah. not like she wants right. him <laughs> she just <laughs> right, right, right. is heartbroken so at so her pissed. sister but she should be if my sister that. betrayed me i'd probably do something similar like i love my sister like for sure, but I would definitely, oh, there sure. would definitely be blows if she betrayed me, yeah. Not that she would, but anyways, anyways. Um, the other thing I'm excited to see <laughs> in The Wicked King, reading back, because last time I read these, I was definitely totally focused on Jude and Jude alone and Cardin, but this for time sure. I'm paying a lot more attention to the plot. And if I had to say with this book, one weakness of the book is I do like the foreshadowing, but you're not really given much of an opportunity to figure it out for yourself. Like, there's no real opportunity for Mm -hmm. the reader to know what schemes are happening. There's really barely any, if any, foreshadowing for Oak being um, not Oriana's, Oriana's. All all the only little tidbit... Really? You didn't know that? The... No, no, no. I mean, I knew that in the last book, but there's not... Did you know that before it was revealed that Oak was not Oriana's uh, son? Like, there's a bit where it says they had him pretty quickly, but I didn't realize that he was, like, the Prince Dane's son. So I figured it out after. So when she gets the acorn, Mm -hmm. and it says something about, like, sending my last treasure or whatever, and then when Ghost says that he killed the baby, and then there was something mentioned about... um, like Oak being early or something like that. And then how or, how Oriana is always constantly like never will let right. anyone touch him or look at him and is constantly I was like, Oh, I wonder if he's the baby because oh, wow. because okay, she's also always stupid. every time like every time no, it was not obvious mm-hmm. at all. But every time she would they would go somewhere with the royals, like she was always taking like Oak away. Right. Yeah, and okay. so like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just like it was a ga- I mean, I like leapt to the conclusion, but I did, I did, especially like once it got closer to the scheme, mm-hmm. like I knew that it was going to be. That him. says something then, because also like there's no other characters. That's true. Like, that's, that's, that's true. Like no process of elimination, because like especially once they said like when was it seven years ago? Oh, okay, well Oak seven, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, true. Yes, got to yes, be yes, him. Yes. We don't know any other children yeah, in this book yet. Yeah. Uh, but although the baby could have been dead, I suppose, but then who would have crowned yeah, Cardin? Yeah, so yeah. I did figure it out, but I agree with you. I think, like, because Jude's holding everything so close to the chest, you don't get to, like, get into the yeah. a little bit of the scheme with her as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I did like that. I, I mean, I always assumed when I read the book the first time and this time that she was going to crown Cardin at the mm-hmm. end. I liked that it was like almost kind of a surprise mm-hmm. when she's like, Neil. And then you're like, ah, what? Yeah. She's going to crown Cardin. Because yeah. like she had even been lying to like everyone around right. her and stuff, which I thought was fun. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel like the more so, I remember the second book ending on like a big cliffhanger. Oh, huge, right? huge. Yeah. Yeah. But this book, I don't feel like ended on a cliffhanger. And I, I feel like, I mean, generally, like, okay, you know, he's king now and she's going to be sort of like ruling behind him. And clearly some other people are going to be mad about it. But you don't really know what the second book is going to be about right. in terms of like who's going to be the sort of like big bad evil that they're trying to fight against yeah. or go against. Like, is it just going to be them fighting against each other? Is there going to be other kingdoms in it? Like, there's not really a ton of foreshadowing at the end of this book, aside from that it ends in like a great moment and like really strong. But I do remember the second book, it being like a huge cliffhanger, me being like, wow, for sure. (laughs) I was losing my mind, but okay. Can't, can't, can't say, can't say, cause it's such good. We have to say it. Yeah. Can't say yet. Um, Next episode. Yeah. yeah, I have to say, I mean, the definitely, I think the anticipation of this book going into the second book is that there'll be a little more of court politics in the second book since they'll actually be in court. Like this book is very much, you're trapped in the prison nightmare of Jude's brain as she like changes and everything. Next book, I think she's learned a lot in this book. It's always told from Jude's perspective. Yes. Yes. It never switches. But like, yes, but I like in this book, it's a lot more, she doesn't notice other people. She's completely internalizing. For sure. sure. And then I think maybe the 
anticipation is that she's going to have to in order to survive the next at least yeah, the like next make year deals with other people You're, yeah and, and there'll be figure out how to yeah. be rule a kingdom and definitely more characters and more stuff with um roach yeah. the, the bomb and ghost yeah. um and that i think with this first book like since i love jude i definitely don't mind being just in her head like it could be literally no other characters yeah. than just jude I and either. i'd be like yeah fuck it um but like, I think another just small, small weakness of this book is that I wanted to know more with, like, Cardin's brothers and sisters. I think, I think they could have had a little bit bigger and better of roles. They didn't have to, but they could have done it. And I think it would have made it a little more effective, especially when they all get butchered. And especially because Viv is one of their friends. Um, but there's not really room for that in the book. Mm-hmm. But all that being said, I think that leaves a lot of anticipation for that in the second book to get a lot more of mm-hmm. the uh, like court politics and betrayals and alliances, which is exciting for me because I like court politics and stuff like that. And also exciting because how is Jude going to play those pieces on the chessboard? Which is so exciting because mm-hmm. Jude's learned so much and I like can't wait to see it again. So my attention's yes. be more on the plot than it was last time. Because last time I was like, nah, kiss, make up, be nice to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Tell her how much you yearn yeah, for Yeah, you guys are yearning so hard. <laughs> I yearn some more. Okay. Tell him that you want him to. Write her name some more on a piece of paper. Oh, I showed that. So I have a physical copy of this book. And the part where, first okay. of all, the part where she finds the paper with her name written on it so many times that like the paper is torn and there are like, ink splots all over it. Ugh. So I showed my brother that because my brother and I have been talking about like what makes a good romance in books and movies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is what makes a good romance. And I showed yes. him the little, because they have a picture of her name written over and over again with the ink splotches. He definitely did not understand um, where I was coming no. from there. And I might, I see how it's a little manic, but for me, peak, peak, peak. I want like complete, like, no head, obsession. no brain, obsession. You are completely delirious. Delirious. I love it. I love that. Love that. Yes. Yes. I mean, maybe not in real life because that's scary. No, it's no, like no, no, yeah, Soccer yeah, territory. Yeah. But in a book. <laughs> <laughs> but in a book, yes, I want you to be obsessed with mm-hmm, my every mm-hmm. move and watch me from afar mm-hmm. and against your better judgment, mm-hmm. perhaps love me. A la perhaps, Mr. Darcy perhaps. and a la Cardin. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm super stoked to get into book two. Um, and we are going to have a special guest uh, for book two or, or three or maybe both. We're not mm-hmm. sure. But that'll be super fun to chat to some of our book friends. Well, you guys, thank you so much for being here. And until then, may your books be your lover. And YA, your best friend. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.